to the podcast show <laughs> for all the games, all the shows, all the TV, all the movies and all the podcasts, all the games, all the time, all the songs. Please, someone stop right now because I don't want to keep <laughs> fucking this up. <laughs> yeah, it's the Halo 2 theme. Yeah, and completely fucking massacring it. Like, <laughs> no, man. I got we, some chills for that. That was good. We got it. We I mean, you, you say that, but you can you can honestly you can be very honest, Chad. You can be very honest. I mean, I love Halo, and that was that was good. Yeah, but it's I, I brutalized it. Shut up, Nate. Stop okay. being so self-critical. I can't help it. I can't help it so much. <laughs> but yes, hello everybody, and welcome back to NMI. When you need more info, podcast from the worlds of movies, video games, and TV shows. I'm your host, Nate. Uh, yeah, it's good to be back, people, for episode sixty. How awesome is that it's x amazing to be back and mm. we are currently recording in um very british weather uh stormy conditions out there it's raining sideways literally <laughs> i mean that is a way to go yeah unless the unless the earth is just fucking tilted in the wrong way and just fucked up our lives and everything but yeah no it's, it's gonna be back everyone obviously this week we will be um having some good conversational topics as you know from the title we are going to be doing video game sequels and franchises and ha- what what makes it good you know sometimes when you want to stop what makes it bad what what can games companies do to also have them in the future and maybe some games that we want to see sequels for and uh games mm. that want to return and you know revigorate a franchise but before we do that people you know, we got to do that lovely, lovely, sweet intro. So I want to thank uh, for joining again today, Chaz and Fergus. How are you guys doing today? Hello. Yes, good, thanks. Yes, I'm good. Um, I've been uh, listening to something a little bit different, actually. I've been, um, I've got Audible recently. I know, Ooh, very, very fresh. Co- yeah, very uh, niche thing. But uh, no, I've been uh, listening to a book called uh, Children of Time. Which uh, is very interesting. Uh, I won't do too long about it, but basically, I blazed through the whole thing in about f- three or four days. So, <laughs> and now I'm listening to the sequel. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been good, and uh, it's nice to have something else to listen to um, on my uh, walks rather than you know podcasts. I mean, just list the podcast on your walk. Sacrilege, sacrilege. <laughs> no, I've I've heard of Children of Time. I believe that was done into a Disney film, actually. Oh God, I don't like, know. I believe because it's about it's about a girl and uh, and her father, right? No, no, okay. different, different uh, children of time. I was going to say I hope that Disney didn't turn this into a sequel because um, yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, not a sequel. Oh, yeah, no, got sequels uh, on the brain. What have I been up to? I have been eagerly awaiting City Skylines two by playing large quantities of City Skylines one, um, and of course we've just had Easter, so eating large quantities of chocolate. Uh, yeah, chocolate is the the devil, to say the least. Um, so before I get to myself, I want to introduce someone new to the podcast today. We're a new uh, guest host, and he will be getting the lovely pixel version of himself as well. We can decide for the end of it. But uh, I want to welcome cool. Jesse to the show. How how are you doing, Jesse? Very very good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, excellent. And uh, so obviously, you know, uh, Jesse has been uh, you know thinking about coming onto the show for a while now. He's actually someone who suggested a few topics for a possible retro games episode and uh we decided what the hell let's uh let's get him on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. That's uh it's it's a quite hospitable environment around here. We were just going geeking out over your Behringer gear too, so yeah, you honestly, can't go wrong with that. I uh I I'm not gonna I have to lean on Fergus before you come on. Like for a lot of the audio stuff I was like Fergus, help me <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> Because it could be quite complicated, especially on a budget. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's Behringer. Behringer is is quintessential budget gear, but like 
the quality budget gear. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, like I, I, because I'd love to get sure mics eventually, but each microphone costs about three hundred and twenty quid. Yeah. So wow, we're yeah. not that popular yet. Uh, <laughs> we're not popular in any sense. So when we're doing arena tours, we can pay for that. I mean, Fergus has tried to push me to possibly book a like uh, a panel at a, at a convention center. Yeah, I don't see why not. Like, there are quite a few smaller Comic Con convention type things who just need people. Like, I mean, I can put you in touch with a few if you want. I mean, after you went to the anime one, mm. like, yeah, it's basically we. Uh, oh, that was yeah. Hectic. Fergus went to MCM, <laughs> and there was an anime uh, panel, and it was. Yeah, that was that was. They really did not. So the. The organisers failed to recognise quite how big podcasts had got over COVID. So at the first uh, Comic-Con um, after COVID, they just invited a bunch of just YouTubers, just podcasters, didn't give them any security. <laughs> Literally thousands of people started mobbing these stages, running up on stage. And because the, the, the organisers were like, oh, you can just have this, we'll just... Um, send the guys the security guys for lunch and packed out queue out the door no security so people are like barging for the mate they didn't know who they were booking either i mean they booked um a hentai uh youtuber for the kids stage oh, jesus so, christ yeah i mean yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping that person understood though uh the poor mc was um yeah, no idea what was going. But on. the but the you the, the oh the, the audience was there for the the that particular YouTuber. true. But yeah. that YouTuber know that they were booked to the kids stage. Yes, it was commented on, but there and were definitely no kids there. I was about to say because it was, was very popular. True, but also they should you know hopefully that person knew just in case kids were there to sort of yeah. like not being funny, but it sounds like they probably would have gotten like trampled before they'd gotten in anyway by the yeah. crowds. They they, they they tried. They tried. They tried. I think they'll do better next time. Um, so did you guys go... Trial and get, yeah, because you guys went together, didn't you, to MCM Fun, correct, last time? No. No. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, um, obviously, we're going to be looking and going in May. Yes. So. Yes, I've got a weekend ticket for this next yeah, up and coming obviously, one. Obviously, Fergus is looking forward to meeting the, uh, the Pokemon cast. Pokemon cast. Um, I'm sure there's a few others. I um, want to, Well, I do want to meet the God of Friends. Mm. God, God of Friends, God of War cast. <laughs> yeah, it's God of War cast. There's the cast of um, Our Flag Means Death. Um, okay, but not Taika though, obviously. Not Taika. Um, Hodor. Hodor. I think Hodor's there. How many people? How many people are going to ask him to say the line constantly? Yeah, like... I kind of want to meet Hodor. Um, I'm sure there's a, a few stop. others. Just give, just give him a door stop. Like, you know. I'm sure that's. I'm sure someone is going to do that. I mean, you um, know, it's just probably the best way to go. I mean, like, so obviously, you know, coming on to the podcast, Jesse, uh, do you want to tell us a little about yourself? Like, you know, what you're into, what games you like, and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so I guess I, I I noticed here on your desktop actually, I was, I'm looking forward to Hogwarts Legacy Legacy sooner or later. I'm I'm a little late to the to the to the to the party with that now, so I'm I'm probably gonna have to go for the <laughs> the last gen version PS4. I don't even have a PlayStation yet. So. I mean, honestly, PC is not PC is quite optimized quite well to be yeah? honest for it. Like it's yeah. um like it runs quite well on a lot of PCs, and obviously with patch fixes it's definitely not the last of us at the moment uh which is a whole conversation in itself at the moment which is not there for we you know i'll 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 be i'll get there soon soon but I, I in the meantime i've um i haven't to be fair i haven't really been playing too much lately mostly like we've been talking about tv and stuff but i would say um like for me classically games that i love right so i'm huge on rpgs uh, mmos so 
the big ones uh, for me were like Star Wars: The Old Republic, the, the actual it. MMO, love it, amazing, and then um, amazing, amazing. Like like I actually I would go as far as to say possibly underrated. <laughs> um, it's a very good game, and uh, um, I grew up playing RuneScape, man. I'm not a, not afraid to admit it. <laughs> I was about to say. Well, I mean, I didn't play RuneScape, but I've played an absolute fuck ton of classic or World of Warcraft, so I can't exactly, you know, classic comment WoW, on that. Yeah. Sure, yeah, classic WoW, yeah. Played a bit of that too, yeah. Too I just never got into that. I just never got into like. Oh, I mean, I played Warcraft Three. Like, MMOs are not for everybody, like for sure. That's the thing. I've tried, like, I yeah. and I bought most of them. So I bought like City of Heroes, like Star Trek Online, Star Wars: The Old Republic, DC Universe Online, Lord of the Rings. Mm. I bought all mm. these games, and they all went free to play. And I'm like, Ugh. um, but I, I you know, I, 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 a few, during COVID, I, I attempted to like try the old Republic again, but it was just so much content. I just couldn't, mm. I couldn't get into like, I know you could play on Steam Deck now, which I found mm. out. So oh. I think a lot of MMOs, at least ones that have been going for some time have that problem where they have so much stuff that they've been making over the years that for new players, it's really overwhelming. Overwhelming. Yeah, um, absolutely. That might be an interesting topic actually. At some yeah. Point. yeah, that's not a bad idea. But, uh, so, okay. Right. So let, let's, so obviously a RuneScape RPGs, uh, KOTOR. So would you, so would you say KOTOR RuneScape would be your favorite game of all time? Though? No favorite game of all time. I, I have, it's, it's hard. It's always hard to pick a yeah. favorite, right? But I, I, I might, um, go Mass Effect 2 actually. Mm. Interesting. Cause, uh, my, my favorite is Mass Effect 3. Oh, yeah. very cool, man. Yeah, the reaction from Jesse there. Okay, so I, inter- oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, so, um, so obviously Jesse's like, why two over three? Why three over two? So let me put. I think it, I think I'll, I'll I'll just say really quick. I just, I just think it's it's quite unique, man. Like like I I you might be the first person I've spoken to who who says three, but but I like I, I don't begrudge you for this. No, I, no, no. I'm no. not somebody who hates Mass Effect three. So there's that. But. So the reason I say that is because have you have you all played Mass Effect games? Yeah, I oh, kind of played I, them all in one go with the um, legendary edition. Uh, no, um, is individual discs like, but with the uh, you you pass your shepherd from one game mm. to the other. Oh, so I do know what you mean. Like... It's like the kind of a collector's edition, like. Uh, I don't know. I just was it the one that discs. came in twenty twenty one? It was a while ago. The remaster. It was all on no, it's all on Xbox three sixty. Oh, think. okay. Yeah, yeah, back in the day. Back yeah. The day, yeah. So for me, because you played Mass Effect, correct, Chaz? It's just the first one. Okay, so. Obviously, free has a controversial. Yeah, I know like, about you that. Know, and but for me, though, the way I see it is, taking the last fifteen minutes out of context, you've got a culmination of a, of a fresh franchise, which you know mirrors Star Wars and all these massive IPs in sci-fi, mm-hmm. and it 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 pretty much all wraps it up perfectly. It has an emotional beats, you know, yeah. amazing characters. I think have some char- amazing character journey conclusions for certain characters in that game, which made me tear yeah. up. Even playing it when the new Legendary Edition came out, I knew what was going to happen. Yeah, the last 15 minutes are, you know, but... And they had to release that extended <laughs> version, but... I go as far as to say I, I, I don't... I, <laughs> I really don't actually hate Mass Effect 3. Like, even even in the ending, I do I do see... I do I agree with you. I see I see some... I definitely recognize why it's controversial, but I, I just... I think it's a matter of I mean, obviously we get in the next one soon, very, which is going know? to continue that story, which I'm definitely interested to see how they do that but mm-hmm. yeah i was actually on a connor's podcast and uh, we actually discussed top video games of all time but when i mentioned free they were quite shocked as well because mm. a lot of people go for two because it's this you know the, i just the think suicide. it's unique i just think it's yeah. unique man i haven't mm. heard too, too many people say state three so i think it's fun you know well, I just think it's like, a great game like it, it, even if you look so if you take away what what people view as controversial in the ending right if you i've always thought that's about the third game if you look at the content of the game the rest of the game itself 
it is a fucking good game. It's good, you know? Like, so it's a good story. Like. Free starts off with Commander Shepard having to run away from Earth because the, the Reaper's hit and people getting brutally murdered and he's like okay bye i'm gonna <laughs> go melt it down you. before your before your eyes oh sorry are you planning on playing them oh no don't worry about it like uh. you'll i'm uh, you were saying about oh, i haven't got to hogwarts legacy yet like i am mm. like the epitome of like a patient gamer where like it will take me ages to play like whatever and by the time i get to around to playing the stuff it's probably that like it's come out of relevance and then come back in so don't worry mm. about it okay where I'm the opposite. Yeah, and they will play it like on I'm day, day one. one. So like Jedi Survivor's out in a few weeks' time. Uh, like uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom's out two weeks after that. Mm. And like I'm going to be playing. That, actually, what's that? Should pre-order that really. Uh, uh, it's going to be a scramble for copies for that game. Well, I'm, I get it digitally, so uh, it's perfectly fine. I mean, my brother. I just gave my brother my old Switch, and uh, he's never played Zelda in, like Breath of the Wild. Mm. So the fact he gets to play Breath of the Wild and then Tears of the Kingdom, not having to wait six, seven years for the next one. That's a point. It's been a while, isn't it? Yeah, 2017. 2017 Gosh. that came out. So like a long time ago now. Mm. But yeah, no, that's that's awesome, man. Thank you, thank you much for stuff and everything. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, obviously, it's uh, great to have you on the podcast today. And uh, yeah, so obviously... Cheers to many more, hopefully. <laughs> yes, no, yeah, no, definitely. So, and obviously, uh, let us know after the uh, episode what uh, video game character you want to be joining us for the episode. Like, uh, we'll, we'll work that out afterwards. And yeah, we'll work that out for the next one. But yes, people, so after that a uh, bit more lengthy intro today we'd like to do. Uh, so we are going to be talking about video game sequels and franchises. And obviously, as we mentioned before, what we like about them, what might not work, and what can we do in the future. We previously done the movie one. That was an interesting one because we had no notes for that at all. It's mm. very freestyle. Today we've got a few more notes than the previous one that we could discuss. We've got a few more websites, but the Maybe general idea... <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I, I got I got to pull up some websites. But the general idea is what we're going to do is we're going to go around the room eventually and just say, like, you know, what are some of our favourite sequels and then just get, uh, you know, first-standing opinions and then just get into a conversational topic on that. We'll probably run for about... About an hour, I think, and then and then we'll wrap it up from there. So, right. Uh, I think we'll start with Chaz today. So, uh, what are some of your favourite video game sequels, dude? Uh, I was not expecting you to ask me that, so I, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I could just, I, I, I'll repeat, be repeating myself because a lot of my favourite games are some favourite sequels. So, um, uh, I mean, for the first one, you know, I... Absolutely love uh, Abe's Exodus. So you know that's a big sequel. It's a very old game now, but I absolutely loved it, um, and uh, really enjoyed uh, as you you sang uh, Halo Two, Halo Two, Halo Three, um, and uh, I actually quite liked um, uh, Halo Infinite as well, which is I guess a sequel in a way. Mm. Uh, how did you feel about because obviously with Halo Infinite they were supposed to be working on the continuation of the story because I, I actually because mm. I remember you played the campaign after me oh, I didn't even finish it I was just I just liked the uh, the multiplayer basically mm. it's all purely like gameplay from yeah, what I, I know you, I know you were focused 100% completed I've 100% completed the campaign and I'm quite disappointed that they're not continuing with the campaign because they've probably set it up to just do like episodic campaigns on roughly the same map continue the story like they've introduced a new species of alien even um the fact they're not continuing that is a real um missed opportunity i think like that could really be a new way of doing sequels not sequels in that new environment that they have there so obviously you know you you speak of like you know halo infinite you know they're not doing really much more one thing i did like about that game was it gave me uh, Logan feels to a degree. So obviously, 
have you played Halo Infinite, Jesse? Yes, I have played a little bit of it. I would actually like to play more. But you, so you guys, you guys at this point will know a little bit more than me. I, pl- I played a bit of the multiplayer. Let's, let's leave it at that. <laughs> so, so the way I could go about it is without spoiling it too much, without much context, is it feels like Master Chief is a bit, a bit more grounded and human in this one. Like he, I like he, that. He's more emotive and exp- you know he he. He, he mm. communicates more than previous games. He has more lines, yes. <laughs> he has definitely has more lines, but also, it feels like a soldier just nearing the end of his days. Like he is like, mm. and I, I was looking forward to seeing like maybe like a culmination of that story. Yeah, it'd probably mm. be his final Halo ring. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Visually and technically, I thought the game was brilliant. Yeah, it's great. I don't see it. I don't have any problems with it at all. But yeah, the story was good in parts, and I did like the introduction of the pilot in the the game. Yeah, he really wanted to just get home, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah he yeah just moaning to get home the entire time. And um, weapon, which we won't go into her that much, but um, mm. yeah, I would have liked to explore her character more. And my my biggest disappointment for is more Cortana really, mm. like and how that how that played out and everything. But uh, yeah, so obviously you know um, Halo, that's a good one. I mean like. I think we've all pretty much back in the day did our massive Halo tournaments with people and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. Totally, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, no, I, I remember sixteen of us hooking up Xboxes in multiple rooms and like so good. I, I don't know how you had access to that many Xboxes. Don't even know. Well, how... for so it was four Xboxes. Yeah, you know, we, we brought around yeah. a house. I don't know. And, um, I didn't know that many people who had those, the original ones. So, uh, yeah. Massive nerd, massive nerds in my town. I think that's yeah, like me too. I don't know. I like... guess I guess they just had a PS PS twos instead back in the day. But uh, yeah, I was like the old one out with the Xbox. I I was kind of lucky because like uh, I got like a we got a PS, I got an Xbox, a GameCube, and a like a PlayStation two and one one Christmas. So, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's how I played Kotor actually for the first time because I tried to buy it on PC. But you needed a gig RAM, and I had seven hundred fifty mm. megabytes, and it was like, oh, this is the day people where a gigabyte of RAM was a massive deal. <laughs> you know, like 2002, 2003, trying to play these games was painfully awful, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, um, interesting. Yeah. Let's let's hand over to Fergus. Uh, top sequels: uh, Team Fortress Two, um, Halo Two, and Three. Um, I guess most of the Civilization games. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, for someone who loves Civilization that Man, much, I'm surprised you did. I thought we were going to talk about like it, it, I was thinking, oh, what what does make a good sequel? I wasn't like, but we'll get into that. We'll, we'll get yeah, into yeah, that. yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But um, yeah, Civ Six was like, well, Civ Six did the oh, same Civ thing that Civ yeah. Five did, where it wasn't as good to start with, and then they released, you know, the two expansions, the two key yeah. expansions, and absolutely, in my opinion, blew Five out yeah. the water. Though I do know some people um, who still say they like Five better. Mm. I disagree with that, but mm. I get it to an extent. Yeah. Um, was, it, was it Beyond Earth, which is kind of like a spin-off one, was actually more preferred? Cause it was, really? I didn't um, like that one so much. It was just a bit... I don't know, there was not context for any of the stuff it, that was happening. Yeah, it was, it was shorter, so you could complete campaigns mm. in one sitting, where Civilization... I, the main civilizations, I really struggle to do that. Um, True, yeah. And you can have a bit, a lot more flexibility. Like you can completely transform your faction into bio mutants or turn them into robots and this sort of thing. Yeah, I, I um, just remember them. They had a load of made-up minerals. You know, like yeah. lots of 
out of context names for things you're like what is this what is this green goo I don't know what's Just going on spacey stuff spacey things yeah. they're in space it's fine <laughs> uh, other sequels gosh um, Super Smash Bros Ultimate was that the latest one um, possibly yeah the Super Still Smash mine. Bros <laughs> all the Super Smash Bros apart from the first one um, Mario 64 um a lot of the Zelda games, apart from the first one. I don't know if a sequel, to be honest. That's, that's interesting. Well, it's a sequel to the... Well, yeah, it, yeah I mean, kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's loads. There's lo- There's a, there's a lot in games. <clears throat> if I if I can jump on that one, too. Um, yeah, I, I was going to... Yeah, I was gonna go there. I was gonna. I was actually gonna go particularly on the topic of what makes a good sequel with um, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Really, if we want to talk about that, just I guess a little bit, I could I could say I just think like um, I so maybe I come from a weird background in the sense that I I I played sixty four and I enjoyed sixty four, but I wasn't I didn't I wouldn't say I was involved heavily in like tournaments or anything like that. I was just too young at the time, mostly right. But I remember just kind of revolution like how revolutionary it felt when Melee came around. There were, there were certain things in a game from like. I'm gonna butcher this. I, I want to say it came out around the year 2000, maybe give or oh, take. 64. Uh, melee. Sh- maybe it's probably oh, a little, yeah, little later than that. Yeah, sounds right. Maybe potentially a little yeah. later than that, but uh, it was, um, for all intents and purposes, yeah, you had like the the fact that the game ran as well as it did at 60 frames per second, played as good as it did. Like I think this is all the hallmarks of like what's a like a quintessential sequel, you know, just in every regard. Uh, uh, I want to say in every regard a superior game and there's there's Smash 64 enthusiasts who would disagree with that, but <laughs> um yeah. I think that's what, that's just a great example of one that makes an excellent excellent sequel. So uh Super Smash Bros Melee was 2001. Okay, so, that's yeah. very close. No, yeah, very close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Better than I would have guessed. Yeah, no. Uh, so myself, uh, I you know I, I love my narrative driven games. Um, like I yeah, yeah, I was gonna say Mass Effect too, but then I was yeah, like, exa- let's, yeah, let's go into something a little different. You know, <laughs> I mean, like you know, I, I love my Arkham series. Like you know, Bat- the Batman Arkham series. Yeah, even with Arkham Knight, which did have its issues in the final game with the the, the Batmobile, which did frustrate frustrate me a little bit. Still love the uh, series itself. Um, love the mm. Uncharted games. I think that that was a franchise which ended on an extremely positive like it really like encompass it you didn't you don't need to continue that story basically we won't talk about the film um even though folks gave it quite high score I enjoy the films. um <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna drive by shoot you for that it's, 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 uh, like, um, uh, but also um yeah just when it comes to different like metal gear solid you know I, i'm a big metal gear solid fan even though Metal Gear Solid Four has literally a cutscene which is an hour and a half long, I love I love my narrative driven games, but fuck, I can't I can't do that at all. Um, even the games like Infamous back in the day, like you know I love the Infamous games and Infamous Two and also uh, Second Son specifically. Um, mm. A lot of people don't like that game because it did involve uh, Cole. It was like different character voice by Troy Baker, but I love the fact that it included new superhero abilities which has never been seen before, such as like. Make sure my Witcher, the Witcher. Uh, notifications and the Witcher two and phone. the Witcher three. I was going to say those are some good sequels. There <laughs> yeah, you go, mate. I was going to get to those yeah. in a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in in the infamous second son, they have like digital video powers rock concrete powers like you know. i remember this game i actually never picked it up or played it i'd seen a little bit and it, it intrigued me i wanted to grab it but i think was it ps3 exclusive or? uh it was ps4 
4 I think it might have been on PS3 as well I think but mm. I, I know it was PS4 though and um, I just love the fact that it, it was a lot of people called it more of a tech demo for the Infamous series but I think just the idea of superpowers which are just so random that they're like oh Neon was another power as well so you could like trail through like Neon mm. signs and everything and yeah it's fun it's just it's just fun really yeah exactly embodies what games are about you know <laughs> exactly uh game series which i thought you guys would have never uh, you would have mentioned uh the fallout games mm. which uh which is a big thing or mm. probably the biggest game that has been on the most platforms uh skyrim i mean yeah skyrim is obviously a sequel but i don't know it's been out for so long now you almost don't think of it that way i'm just waiting for the next one whenever yeah that it's a solid point and also the the weird thing is is like yeah absolutely a sequel right but it's just like the th- there's certain things about certain series the way they brand themselves i guess you know particularly the elder scrolls is it's like morrowind you know like like you almost separate them in a way but like, yeah. it's very Standalone. much a sequel right like, well I, I guess in in terms of their setting in terms of their play you know their uh their gameplay and such and you know how the games uh are laid out it's always the same sort of idea but in terms mm. of setting it's always quite different they try to yeah. give each game their unique identity at least yeah, I'm trying to think if you ever meet a character that met your character from the previous game. Mm, I mean, they're not. I don't think they're all set in the same time period either, which doesn't mm. help. <laughs> do you think? So, do you think six will connect to five more possibly? I haven't. Do you know what? I have no, no idea. I I might be wrong. You might know more about this than me, Nate. But I feel like we've had one trailer, which was a CG trailer, and that was it. That is true. And that was probably like two years ago now that is, that is, yeah no you are you are very right there to us you know but like um i'm just i'm just in like my you know the witcher as we, you people just heard on the podcast my phone notification <laughs> you know i i never played the witcher one or two because i did try to go back to them but you know they are even you know james said on the podcast they are very dated now in regards to gaming dated games mm. are tough to get it like it's it's actually the reason why with the the mass effect remasters the the original game it's like it, it feels so don't get me wrong like to have these like updated te- textures resolution it, it feels like a repackaging a new experience but it's just like it's it still feels like the same game and for that reason it's like love it but like there's going to be people who pick it up who picked it up because it was shiny but then they're like it feels like a dated game you know (laughs) no i completely agree in regards to like you know mass effect specifically i do think it's interesting that they never updated the combat mechanics for one to match the pre-over titles and uh, someone else has mentioned like because a lot of people um hash on uh andromeda because you know, and someone said to me, I was not a big Andromeda fan to be honest. So um, someone said to me, uh, one has the best story. Yep. But four has the best mechanics. Totally it, agree. So yeah, totally exactly. Agree. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's the flip side eventually of it. Like, and you one, can't you can't speak about like with Mass Effect One. I feel like you like the combat and the the um the fighting and all that. It's it's like not even on the map, right? Like you could you could like. A year on, you won't remember that. Probably won't remember that part of the game whatsoever. But the story will will stick. Yeah, know? no, completely agree. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, but there's just so many franchises. And then, like, we're we're gonna get into like Capcom specific titles mm. in a bit because we we spoke about how like you know um, titles are harder to play as they age up and everything. But I think there's one game which a lot of people are still playing to this day and I still love. We'll talk about that in a little bit though. So um, obviously. You know, when it comes to video game sequels and franchises, obviously there's a continual improvement of how video games go and, you know, mm. new tech, new tech uh, developments and everything. Sometimes games can backslide, though. You know, that, that can be an issue as well sometimes. Like, um, I remember playing Killzone when it came on to the, um, the PlayStation 4 and initially beautiful blues, greens, everything. And then it just transitioned back to brown and gray. And I'm like, no, no, continue with the blue. 
you know, to games like Titanfall. You know, Titanfall was a okay game when the first one came out, but then mm-hmm. Titanfall 2 came out and people are still craving, you know, more. And like, you know, Respawn mm-hmm. at the moment are like, you know, like kings are for a lot of stuff they're doing, you know. But it's interesting how games can develop. And I don't know if you guys have any, like, you know, initial thoughts of like, you know, games that have sort of like shocked you in regards to how they improved going through sequels and everything like what 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 do you think it makes to do that basically mm. i think it cannot be understated but the advancement in technology um in games and the evolution of games as a medium for the past uh, 20 30 odd years has been massive so you can literally remake the same game as a sequel but with technological and some game mechanic improvements and it is a legit good sequel like the super smash bros for example there's four games five games now mm. uh they're basically exactly the same but with more characters because they can store more on the cartridge pokemon uh the original pokemon and pokemon fire red and then the i guess you could say almost like let's go and that that's kind of like that was almost like a double remake mm. um for the same kind of reason the technology improved and then uh same thing with pokemon soul silver and heart gold um that is oh no no continue sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I'm go, i've just got a point to make that after that yeah, yeah sure i was just gonna say like that that's considered like one of the best games in the franchise and they still sell for like 80 90 100 120 pounds sometimes copies of those games which are complete which is insane because they're quite old now at this point mm. so that's what i'm coming back to because obviously um nintendo released announced the game boy advanced and uh, n64 obviously the emulate the the online versions are coming stadium has been announced to be coming to the nintendo oh, switch awesome. now, which is awesome yeah. um and I, believe, I don't know if right. snap was uh but my big thing was uh, with pokemon in recent years is um I think the Switch is dated now. A lot of people have saying this, you know, the next one needs to be coming because mm, yeah. uh, Arceus and also Sword and Shield. Yeah, Sword, Sword you know, and Shield. I think, you know, I think maybe give some other developers the IP because... When it, uh, the Game Freak are never going to give... The, uh, that, it's, yeah. But it's Pokemon Company <laughs> the only IP. An ironclad griffin gr- oh, I... I don't know. That, that seems can, too much of a risk. Thing, give more people the opportunity. Let Game Freak still develop their games, but at least give other people the opportunity. But when I saw, because I was, I was contemplating Arceus because obviously it was announced that like it was the the one of the first Pokemon trainers. That's an interesting world. idea. Yeah. And then I saw it and I was like, um... needs a bit more like hardware power behind it. Yeah, I think. it really did. To be so, honest, so you were, you were saying about um, games potentially backsliding. Uh, it's Violet and Scarlet, which is the most recent ones, um, which just yeah. came out, and they're an interesting example because in some ways they really improve and they innovate on the mechanics of Pokemon, which are they have been very very similar between generations. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> yeah, but in some ways, um, and this is possibly a hardware problem, possibly like a resource problem. You know, there's some big issues of it like some of the environmental art doesn't look very good quite buggy um and so people have complained about that but they are an example of um and you said arcus as well taking that very quite stale at this point gameplay and actually putting the time in to innovate and you know i think there's something to be said about that like rather than trying to do the same thing over and over mm. so i would say obviously actually taking that point into context and i this is the game i did want to bring up we spoke about games that sort of had like that repeat uh, repeat release, such as Skyrim, and also um, titles that basically like 
they may be dated and they could be quite difficult to play but the game i want to talk about briefly which is a sequel but also a remake which i've been playing recently resident evil 4 yeah so mm. how resident evil 4 has taken all the best aspects of the previous title which i actually played so i decided to when resident Evil 4 was announced i decided to go back and play the original version and obviously playing Resi 2, Resi 3 remake, which were, by the way, Capcom are leading the charge with the remakes in the moment, in my mm-hmm. opinion, that like mm. in the remake department. But when it's come to four though, they've removed all the you know, the annoying quick time events. Yep. Very minor now. Mm. You can move and shoot at the same time now, which is a big improvement. They added knife durability, so it's much more difficult. Um mm. AI improvements like across the board. Ashley is less annoying now. <laughs> like she's actually more useful. Um the the actual like also there's a big there's more like there's a better connection between Ashley and Leon now. Um, they removed like do you remember the massive statue boss battle in Resi Four where like, it chases you? Yeah, yeah, I know the one. Yeah, I can tell you that they've 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 adjusted that battle to make it more. Don't get me Ramon is still fucking hilarious to go up against, but um, I'm two missions before the end now, so I'm you know Salazar and everything, but without spoiling it too much. Um, they do do some fake outs in this one, which is interesting, but I think it's how they've basically taken this game franchise and just massively improved it. Because obviously, Resi Two, Resi Three were the tank controls, so mm-hmm. completely different, and then changing it up and whatnot. Mm. I still remember getting terrified by the dog in Resi Three mm. and you know Nemesis, but <laughs> I do have my issues with Free. Like it's a big thing I have where basically they removed like the clock tower battle, which is or the, you know exploring the clock tower, which did frustrate me. So they they did have the hiccups, admittedly. But when it came to Resi 4, like, Jesus Christ, like, they've, like, people have said it should be an 11 out of 10 because mm. the game was previously a 10 out of 10 anyway. And and obviously they, you know, they've gone into first person now as well. Like, you know, 7 and 8, you know, completely yes. different change up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just a note actually on that really quick uh, with those. I, I, I'm, I'm quite new, I would say, when it comes to the Resident Evil series. I haven't played them too heavily. If, if we're talking about horror games that I, I've stuck more to, I could speak more on sequels would be Silent Hill. Yes. But when it comes to the Resident Evil games, um, I'd like to play them a little bit more. But the one note I could say, just maybe as far as the technical advances or the technology goes, is that I think the first time I'd seen 7 as a, as a VR title, or even non-VR, just the, the, the level of... Um, attention to detail i think the 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 artists put into the the characters like particularly the faces and the emoting and stuff was like at that time felt like this is maybe a few years dated but it felt like it probably felt like it fit fit in today you know what i mean uh and that was that that's the kind of thing that i would say like like when you see that stuff coming around in in sequels it it shows that they're really kind of taking advantage of the best that they can out of the, out of the technology i i really felt that way about uh, 7 for in uh, 7 had more i i i've played it i haven't finished it played enough of it to not really recognize this right but it had also um it had innovations like this across the board, right? I'm not even talking about just particularly graphics. Like I could see that from how it was designed, right? Like you, you mentioned it was being a first person game, right? It's just a total. It was mm. a totally different experience. Than... Fucking terrifying. Seven yeah. is a really yeah. good example, actually, of a relatively modern, um, in, impactful sequel. I think because you know before that you had five and six, which were not super well received, and they kind of been stagnating or going in directions that people didn't really appreciate but then seven comes along narrows its focus you know changes the identity a little bit like doubles down on what kind of people like about resident evil but then they also try something new with the with the first person perspective and the you know 
the very small, well, relatively small scope compared to the previous ones, but you know they really nailed what they did have in it. That's what. That's what. Yeah, exactly. It's like they they narrowed the scope and then they just like went all in. Like, if you think of it, like if you think of this, the saying, um, "Wide as an ocean, but deep as a puddle," it was it was basically the reverse of that. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So at the time, it was very impactful, and I think that that you know probably is one of the reasons that Resident Evil's on a bit of a high now because they built with the the next two sequels. Eight and yeah, nine. you can ride that wave as a yeah. developer you absolutely can i think that's that's you know even just i won't detour too far but i just say even in terms of tv shows we've been speaking about that's whatever that's what everybody seems to be clamoring for in in this day and age is is the is the grab the grab the waves that you can t- pull it forward in a positive direction i mean right? i will before we go to it, i know folks got a point to make here i will so obviously um speaking of the resident evil thing go listen to our uh, reboot that franchise episode because i uh i've come up with a six to nine episode plan to actually make resident evil good and there's a rumor they mm-hmm. are doing what's called an umbrella chronicles show now i heard it from one website i don't know if it's true but i swear to fucking god you, you need to sort this franchise if you're going to do live action because I'm sorry, go listen to the episode because I've got a perfect plan to do an entire nine episode thing and it'll, it'll be, it, yeah, but Fergus, you've got some points to make. Um, yeah, so not Resident Evil, but in a similar way, people doing remakes but improving, um, yeah. Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yes. Is yeah. a, a truly extraordinary um, game. Um, I've not played it, I also can't really spoil it much or by talking about it in depth. Uh, but the game of the the oh, so they're going to do multiple remakes of Final Fantasy VII, adapting the story so they are in fact sequels to each other. Absolutely insane! Just the concept's mind blowing. So I can say because obviously, uh, I Final Fantasy remake was my first ever proper introduction to final fantasy mm. i mm. i remember distinctly when i was younger i tried to play eight very briefly there was a demo where they hit a beach like a, there's a beach combat sequence yeah in eight. but um anyway and i just i couldn't get into it like growing up i wasn't into spyro crash stuff like that, and i wasn't into final fantasy but covid hit and uh, final fantasy was coming out and i said you know what i'm gonna give this a go and uh, 55 hours later i was <laughs> i fucking loved it but then when someone said to me, no, that's like the first five hours of the first the, the game. And I was like, are you fucking what, what, what? <laughs> um, and the fact they're doing, but I can tell you this in regards to the narrative, though, mm. they have changed the narrative already for the game. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, going forward, it will be different. And I, I, I know it's a fun fact to say, but I still love the fact that Sephiroth is voiced by the current Superman on TV. Actually, that's just a fun little fact mm. for you people. But uh, I still need to play Crisis Core because obviously I know Zack's story mm. ties in as well. Um, so I got that for Christmas. But yeah, Final Fantasy, I also love the fact that they did give the option for, you know, free movement and obviously classic Final Fantasy combat styles, which I thought was... Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I absolutely fucking loved it. Mm. So this is kind of an interesting point I've just realised or been thinking about while I've been talking. Um, so at the moment, we've gone, I've got a remakes versus sequels thing going on at the moment in movies uh, and games where you know we're getting a lot of remakes and remasters mm. rather than uh, as well as sequels but games also has an interesting um, counterpoint to that in that a lot of games now rather than have sequels they are you know they just get patched or they get expansions or they are like more you know they call them long tails or like live service games or, or gas or whatever you want to call it so you know, games are kind of diverging in a way where sequels are, um, they're still happening, but in some ways there's more alternatives to a straight up normal sequel. Mm. 
So Destiny 2 is a sequel, but do you then start counting the Destiny seasons as sequels within the Destiny game itself? So mm-hmm. this is this is actually a point that actually goes on to that Solid Subs games. The game I actually do want to talk about is No Man's Sky. Mm. That game, when it first came out, was... Yeah, let's just say I returned it within 30 minutes the first time I played it because it was like really like, but they, they are like 21 DLCs in now. Yeah. And like, you know, mm. they have massive improvements. Like Hell playing yeah. that game now, you know, obviously they've got the VR versions as well out there and they've got like underwater kingdoms and like you control fleets and you can have like multiplayer now with other people and marketing. It's a stupidly expansive game and it goes into that context of like, it, it, you could say what constitutes a sequel now like you know it's and exactly yeah. yeah obviously you also do get games which re update their graphics so arc has just recently announced they're doing a graphical update to the game itself because i'm sorry skyrim yeah yeah skyrim as well you know arc you know uh, obviously fallout 4 did it was it three or four that did a graphical update recently i believe possibly it's probably four if it's recent don't know yeah, but we so many games are getting like graphical overhauls now. Sometimes for free, sometimes you know it's an added payment. Uh, I do like the idea of. Do you remember when the titles were coming out on the PlayStation Four and they were previously on the PS Three? That mm. they do the offer of, oh, you pay ten pound and you get the next updated version of the game, basically. Mm. Like, which I thought was a great concept. Like, you know, I, mm. I like the idea instead of having to just you know pay the titles, just pay ten quid. I thought that was a really good thing. And yeah, I don't know, I just, um, but I just think like live service games and like stuff like that, like No Man's Sky specifically, I've, I do need to go back to it because I, it's just so expansive now. Like talking about MMOs, yeah. there's just so much content yeah. now, but I, I had like a nice little fleet and I was like, you know, I got, I got, <sighs> got my little fleet and my ships and everything. But looking back on it now, I'm like, you have to take some dedicated time with that, to be honest. So, mm. Yeah. I've tried several times with No Man's Sky cause I played it. I was a fan too. Um, ha- uh, like I, well, I, I went through a journey with that game similar, similarly to you, but uh, the, the several times I've tried to get back into it since it's been a, a, a also a journey of like, I think I've tried twice, two or three times. It's just like, it just, it's like, I, I think I spent, okay. To, to go, ret- to go in retrospect here. It's like, I think I spent like some 150 hours of the game uh, to like toward the beginning of its lifetime. And then trying to replay it was like learning a different game Totally and it was great. like it was a it was just an investment i wasn't quite ready i you know i poked into it a little bit but it was like huh i feel like i've scratched the surface mm. with this and then you know kind of moved on from there right so for me it kind of brings an interesting question um and something to keep an eye on with the industry and you know when do companies decide oh you know let's put out an expansion pack when do we put out like a season when do we put out a small update when do we just say cut our losses and we are you know we're putting the game down it's complete to an extent let's make a sequel because mm. like it's it's not so um cut and paste as it is with with uh, movie sequels where you want to make yeah. a sequel you don't so this is an interesting one we've literally in the process of getting to this stage with the city skylines uh, game. It first came out in 2015. Uh, it's been progressively putting out uh, DLC since then, but it's got to the point where the modders have created so many tools that you need mods to make it actually not playable, but the best a, version of itself. The best version yeah. of itself has to be mods. Yeah. So they've got to the stage where they go have basically decided it's time to make City Skylines 2, which I'm really hoping includes an awful lot of these quality life improvements. 
Um, <laughs> but they're kind of making it as a new game with new features. So they're going to keep maintaining the game previously. Um, so it doesn't crash. Um, <laughs> but they're not going to... They've got to the stage where you can't... With games, you get to a stage where you can't add more DLC without it collapsing in on itself, just technically or logically speaking. Mm. So at that point, you have to go away and make a new, new game based on the old ideas on what you've learned from the old game, which you literally see it happening live in City Skylines Land. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Sorry, USA's I was going to say it's an interesting point about mods because, yeah, perhaps they get to the point where, especially with games that can be heavily modded, maybe they're like, oh, you know, we've basically we we have this version of the game that's the better the best version of it. Can we then take what like what what we've learned from DLC from what modders have done and make uh you know a true sequel and you know take all these innovations that have come from that and then build on that with a new um you know, a new vision or a new direction or some kind of expansion in a way that they didn't get to explore the previous title. It's it's interesting. I didn't think about mods at all, but that's another mm. complication with sequels and games. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's, 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 yeah, with mods, I feel like it's like you're kind of opening Pandora's box in a way, uh, for whether, whether for good or for, for worse. But I would say it's mostly, I would say, yeah, I would give it mostly positive thing, but it's just a little bit like, where, where do you, yeah? Where do you draw the line on like exactly. on, on the game that the, the modders have developed with the mod tools can, where it can be better than a sequel that a developer has you know pumped time and money into? And it's tricky because right? sometimes developers literally like they can't they can't make it better than what the mods modders do, mm. and then at that point you're like, and, and, and that 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 boggles my mind really because it's like how could you, how could you, I, modding is so interesting, isn't it? Because it's like how how do you how do you introduce that in a way where a player base can have fun with it, but they can't take it beyond what you're capable of doing. It's mm. a whole, it's a whole, you know, give them the tools and they will do what they can with it. And the internet and sometimes is an when infinite you resource. And sometimes when you don't <laughs> give them the tools, they still find a way. Oh, oh yeah. they'll make their own tools instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably another interesting side discussion, honestly. Sorry, about I didn't mean to no, derail it. No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, it actually, it actually goes hmm. into a couple of points I want to make. So obviously, you know, in regards to game sequels of creation, you know, we are getting games within games now, essentially, like, you know, Dreams, uh, for example, you know, that great game example, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, we mm. can create entire games within those and everything, and they have, I love the fact that, they, you know, Media Molecule, I believe it's Media Molecule, yeah. uh, they uh, they do, like, you know, dream competitions, like, you know, they have, like, award ceremonies for the best, you know, yeah. and I think stuff like that is really important, because also, they could do a second version of Dreams down the line, possibly, like, for the PS5, you know, more power and everything. Mm. Um, but also, it doesn't have to be a sequel. It could just be, you know, a continuation, you know, it's an improvement platform. upon the engine. Yeah. Goes into Fortnite as well. Obviously, the recent Unreal uh, update, too. Yeah, and that looks insane, what yeah. they're doing there. Yeah. Uh, another point I wanted to come on to, obviously, moving away a little bit from that, is um, stuff like God of War, for example. So, obviously... You know, we we spoke. I spoke briefly about how Resident Evil shifted from tank controls to what we have now. Yeah. Uh, God of War is another example of like a massive hack and slash game to one of probably the greatest game titles ever. Now, like you know, mm-hmm. multi BAFTA winning Christopher Judge six minute speech, like you know, <laughs> at the Game Awards, um, and like which is hilarious. But you know, a, a game title which really it's a sequel, but it's also sort of like a soft reboot to a degree because it was a good God of War four. It was mm. called God of War. And now, like, it sort of diverts into the movie aspect a little bit as well, because 
the Amazon TV show is not even going to go into the, I believe it's not even going to do the Greek aspect, but it's just going straight to the Norse mm. part. And they, they might, they might slice a bit of the Greek in there as well, but it takes the idea and like reinventing a franchise. I've, I've, we've spoke about it on a previous episode before as well, taking the game IP and like, you know, reinventing it. But it's the idea of like, this is a sequel, but it's also reinvention. Mm. Can you ever think, guys, think of any other titles? We've got Resident Evil, Final Fantasy, God of War. What other, can you think of any other titles which have done this? Reinvented. Mm. Uh, I definitely, I know, of. I definitely would, I'd have to I'd give it some thought. I don't have it off the top of my head. Exactly. Like, it's, it's interesting, like, you know, the, so, sorry. The one that came to mind, this is not probably a great example, but Crash 4 did that a little bit where, um, you know, Crash, the Crash Bandicoot kind of, they, they, they went off and did a bunch of, weird stuff and then crash for basically just like we're gonna go back to basics so we're gonna like go to what we we're good at and just make it like a modern version of that that's oh, probably the uh from back in the day crash 4. yeah crash bandicoot no no what? crash 4 isn't so well, oh there is technically a crash 4 and now there's a new crash 4 which is there's even right. a tra- there's even a trailer where they're like oh um how many times have you guys beaten uh this guy anyway talking about the villain cortex they're like oh free and uh, the average character comments like, oh, you, I thought that would be more than that. Because they've kind of like struck off the other games from uh, so, canon in a way. I would say, obviously, you know, I think Nintendo uh, is interesting in regards to like its titles and sequels and franchises. Because even though you do get sequels to games, they are a complete reinvention to the previous title, which they could just be something completely different itself. So yeah. Mario, for example, mm, you get... Something I love about what they do. They, they At least they do. They reinvent the wheel a lot, you know? like Yes. You know, Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario Odyssey, like, yeah. you know, and also Zelda's a massive example. Like, you know, we're getting Tears of the Kingdom, which is actually a thing we should, you know, discuss briefly, how, like, we're getting Tears of the Kingdom, but it's literally the, almost, it looks like pretty much the same map to the previous title, mm. with much more added layers now, like, you know, Sky Kingdom, yeah. and, like, everything. So the thing is, I feel like those are more, like, franchise... Um, additions rather than i'm not sure if i would call them directly sequels if that makes sense they're kind of like you know you talk about you know i wouldn't say all of the mario titles are direct sequels to each other they're more like different branches i suppose different kind of directions that they can take it and the connecting thread is the setting and the characters so i think for i think for tears of the kingdom though it's interesting because obviously playing breath of the wild absolutely ridiculously huge that game was for what it was mm. especially for like 18 19 gig that was impressive for itself mm. as well yeah like totally. the, you know about we're, getting, we're getting games like over 100 gig now mm. like cold call of duty 200 yeah. gig, yes gig. and but tears of the king have you guys seen much of the footage for tears of the king yeah a little bit, a little a bit of the gameplay so obviously it seems like the hyrule world you're going to be able to go below and above now so they've got like sky kingdoms in the sky cool. now but it seems mm. like you have like the Hyrule landscape is still there and also the addition of like uh, fusing technology to be able to build like cars and weapons and you can create like multiple weapons like spears now and like it's it's interesting because like you wait six seven years for a new title to come out and you you sometimes expect oh okay they've spent this long on a title it's going to be completely different to what it was before but no, what they've done is it seems they've they've refined the Zelda title to the point where the world and everything, the base mechanics work perfectly. Mm. It's just improving upon it now. And it, it comes into the idea of basically how game titles don't have to have true sequels. And as you mentioned, Chaz, it's just improving upon the mechanics that came before it and also yeah. just adding new things to it. Yeah, that's a big make model that they're going with. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's because it's like... 
you know, some some developers may and they may actually feel like they've struck gold kind of with a IP that will keep going forward, right? So then it's just like, how can we just continue it? Really, you know, mm. keep it going. And I don't think that there's a it's a bad thing to um, necessarily refine and polish and spend like a lot of time to make good what your previous game did and just like make improvements there. Like that's fine too. I feel like potentially um Hades 2 might go in that direction but perhaps um, yeah. that's uh, an interesting one that I wanted to talk about a little bit because they could have uh made some DLC possibly some like you know expansion packs or you know some little content drops and instead they kind of had pretty much a core game they're like this is the game it's complete now we're doing a sequel um which maybe um a modern game like that probably potentially wouldn't have done that. So be interested to see what they uh also the do first sequel they've done. Exactly, yeah. So that's another reason why I'm really interested to see. What how about how about this on, two the, does. on the topic of indie uh, titles really quick too, is that with sequels, um this great thing that just came to mind was uh the if you have have any of you guys ever played Risk of Rain? No. I know of it. I've heard of it. So you have a fir- the first game which is like a, a side scrolling uh roguelike and the second game which went entirely 3d right mm. so maybe that's a i don't know if that's a, a classic uh sort of like uh, there's probably i believe there would be other genres that would other games sorry that would fall into that camp of having kind of reinvented the wheel in that way but that's that's almost like your indie that now has the funding to to take it to the mm. next level yeah, that's right? a good point we actually talked a little bit about um uh franchises that have um a sequel be a different genre with our film episode for example was aliens alien to aliens you know so horror to like action terminate terminate 2 as yeah. well mm. um mm. so yeah sometimes some games will do that as well um or... it's, it, you can actually see like we're, we're, look, we're looking at it it's quite it's quite drastic the change, oh yeah right it's quite quite different <laughs> you know yeah it's, it's interesting it's like you know obviously it's a sequel in name but would you call something like this a sequel it's like how different is it in terms of you know core like uh, themes or or the world yeah or... i would say thematically and 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 gameplay wise you're really actually kind of looking similar it's just the the, the element of the gameplay is, is yes. just quite evolved if that makes sense right so, like... so that's interesting because sometimes a sequel could choose to do something where you know gameplay wise they go completely different but the core kind of like you know the visual style or or the the, the world or, or something like that all the themes remain the same and that's the connecting thread um i mean games also they have the opportunity to do it the way around where um maybe mechanically it's it's quite similar but they choose to do tell like a different story or focus on a different point of time in the 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 game's world or something like that i have to admit if we're talking speaking on, on behalf of preference for me personally i would i would i would i would uh, lean more towards games where i i do feel like that that's kind of why i resonate a lot with when with the, what with uh, what what nintendo does when they reinvent the wheel a little bit just because i i I don't. I won't knock on this idea of of uh, improving upon what you did previously, but I also feel like we, you know, I, I think, I think sometimes you learn your you learn the lessons of making that game, and then you kind of can take that forward. Whereas I, I think maybe some developers choose to play it a bit safe. If I'm honest, absolutely, yeah. There's a, there are a lot of sequels that will be playing it safe potentially, but they, I don't know, risky, right? So yeah, I mean. I do feel like the kind of sequels that Nate probably would be talking about and enjoying can <coughs> will lean towards doing that more because they are more story-based games. So they have their connecting thread of the story and then they can advance the story while just refining the gameplay, you know, not doing, pushing the bet out too much, not doing anything 
crazy different like the risk of rain example you had there so that's an interesting mm-hmm. thing so i want to i want to catch come to that point now so basically we um we've spoke about how resident evil uh went from like tank to its modern con- uh, modern style risk of rain you know god of war all these mm. titles but a title i want to talk about is the bayonetta franchise now, mm. you may know where i'm going with this fergus yeah the latest mm. one is very different to its super hyper violent sexy witch so we're currently we're currently showing we're currently showing Bayonetta three at the moment just to give a context of like the game itself so it's like very hack and slash based. Yeah. But then when we when we switch to Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon. Yeah. This is a, a very um, child friendly, like game. Oh. It's, it's completely different. Mm. Wow. <laughs> oh, um, Filthy Casuals were talking about this actually. Yes. Yeah, this is what I know about this particular game. Yeah, because they've gone... Now you've blown the gate open, my friend. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> wow. So it, it, comes in, it comes into the idea of basically, like, how we talk about game titles improving... Like, not, not improving, but, like, you know, having this drastic change. Usually it's, mm. like, usually upgrades in graphic fidelity and grades are, like, grander scale. But for this title, even though it's not really a sequel, it's, just, it's the continuation of the franchise, it took its, it took its next direction in a very interesting way. Yeah, it was the prequel origin story of how Bayonetta got her powers. Um, but I mean, yeah. it's aimed at a very different... Well, what you would suspect to be a very different audience. But mm. it tends to be the case that even the things that you think are aimed at a certain audience tend to not be taken up by a certain audience. So maybe they're just sort of playing into that here. Um, because the Bayonetta games have all been fairly similar there's again if you've got hardware limitations being on the nintendo switch being uh, having bigger badder bosses to defeat is probably not hardware compatible yeah so to do something creative so i mean yeah for them for them to come out with this it was very interesting because obviously this was uh, recently announced like four months ago now with the recent nintendo switch direct uh no one expected this title to come out because obviously i believe bayonetta 3 came out only like within the last year so you know the fact that we have a mm. like the latest in the tri- in the latest in the game series and then a prequel within that time frame is very interesting to say the least mm. yeah probably different development teams yes most slightly yeah yeah the, it's, it's more of a spin-off i suppose this one it, it feels like a spin-off at least but um the risk with something like this is like you're saying do you you know do you retain your original audience do you somehow attract enough of a uh, a new audience to make it worth the changing direction. Mm. I think that like cost benefit analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I think that with games, there's just more um, because you have like the added game- gameplay complexity rather than films. Uh, there's so many more ways you can go with a sequel, but you know, if you go too far in in any direction, there's always a risk there that you'll alienate, alienate your original audience so absolutely yeah. so that's actually so i want to come on to uh alienate original audience so obviously uh uh franchise i told us the uh don't cry franchise mm. so obviously you know massively popular hacker slash franchise you know you know all these uh titles but they did uh try to reboot it in 2013 with like a new edgier emo style dante and it just didn't work yeah and then they had to come out with dm don't make cry five which was a return to the original of the don't get me wrong though i think i you know a lot of people hark, hark on the side of like you know reinventing a franchise to the point where it is you know more edgy or more different but you gotta give you gotta give him praise for at least attempting to do that that's that's what you want to yeah, talk about it took really. a risk didn't pay off they could backtrack 
Oh, to the original style. And also, they could take the tech... You know, we spoke about this before, you know, tech improvements on previous titles. They can mm. take that into the next title they're working on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a very good series, the Devil May Cry series. I've been contemplating getting the DMC 1 to 3, but... Um, mm. I've heard it's very dated now, like, even with the, like, HD updates and everything. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's, you're not going to miss out much to go straight for Devil May Cry 5, I think. I, I have actually completed Devil May Cry 5. That's interesting. Like, it's the only, DMC and Devil May Cry 5 are the only titles which I've actually played within the series. So I, mm. I, I actually get in a good comparison of the titles themselves and seeing the difference. I didn't, I didn't mind DMC myself, like, you know, but mm. I, I definitely understand where people were coming from in regards to that. It's an interesting point, actually. Do you kind of consciously start developing, like, let's say you get to, like, number four or number five, where the game franchise has been going for a while. Do you consciously start to develop the games thinking that, or trying to cater them to be a point where someone can jump in as a new fan? So that is a good point, and it, mm. does, come back, it does come back to the Resident Evil uh, yes. titles, because obviously six... You know, we had we had four, which was which we had four, which was the change from tank controls to the over the shoulder aspect, and it was much more gritty. And also, um, there was still the cheesy tones, cheesy tones of the game and everything. Mm. And then five came along, and uh, we'll just say punching a boulder. I think we can pretty much sum that up again up there. <laughs> now there are rumors that five could be happening as well. Like you know, they could just decide to like okay, five had its good aspects and its bad aspects. What if we just completely reinvent like that that way going forward? Then six did the multiple character route. So they had like the son of Albert Wesker, Leon and Chris, I believe were, were the three characters playable in that game. I tried playing it. I just, I just couldn't play because it, it became very like action arcade orientated. Like it went, it went the complete opposite route to what Resident Evil originally was. <laughs> and then obviously after six, they go, Oh shit. Okay. Let's make it completely first person. You know, yeah. it's become to that point where, you know, do you cater to your previous audience, but have you diverted so far that you have to just shift it completely? Mm-hmm. I think some developers maybe just make the conscious choice. They just, just they just, just take a swing, really. Just and that's, take a swing. A, that's the thing. So obviously in 8, obviously 8 was first person as well, but because 4 was coming out, a lot of people have theorized, because they actually introduced a third person mode into 8. A lot of people thought they did that, because obviously to sort of reintroduce people to that gameplay mode mm-hmm. before coming out, they introduced that into 8. Which I thought was an interesting, interesting decision. I haven't played it myself, and I'm wondering how the, the atmosphere of the game because there's a certain sequence of that game, which I don't. Have you guys played eight at all? You've played Resident no. Evil Eight. No. So there's all all I, I highly recommend playing it because there's a sequence uh, in this in this game where you're like a very very dark hallways and everything, and there's this thing there. I'm not going to describe the thing, but it fucking freaked me out. <laughs> like it's disgusting. And if and the VR version, if they ever do that shit, no. Hell no, I would not be playing that. <laughs> but playing that, but seeing the aspect of changing into third person, I'd like to see the atmosphere change because I think also with Seven, the atmosphere really, you know, at least the first half of the game, the, the claustrophobia of like seeing that and obviously the VR aspect was terrifying. I'm like constantly being chased by in this in this, in this house. Yeah, yeah. But Work go- to its advantage, absolutely. <laughs> eight became more action orientated again, I can say that. But it was more heightened with its um, opposing villains. So, like, you know, it was interesting. So, it's interesting to see how, like, you know, game titles can, where, mm. where they can go. And obviously, you know, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of game titles that, like, have sort of, like, 
drifted off but have come back quite heavily can you guys think of any types like that it's how like you know mm, it sort of petered back. off but then they came back like really strong oh, I, mean, oh. I know we spoke about it a lot but resident evil is an example of that so that's, yeah that, that, that's the one that first comes to mind maybe uh, the obvious the very obvious one uh no, I, uh, no, I don't want to go with obvious. I, let me give it some thought. Let me give it some thought. No, that's completely... So, uh, game, you know, game titles, we haven't really spoken about that much. So, obviously, um, you know, you know, Red Dead Redemption, the, the Red Dead Redemption series, you know, 2 is, like, highly regarded as one of the best titles ever yeah. created and stupidly big. Like, it's actually the third in the series. That is true, because Red Dead uh, Revolution. Yes. Mm. Yes. They uh, played them all. They're really uh, good. Would you, would you say... Okay, would you say a return to form then with something like um, maybe Elden Ring to a degree or anything that Souls like? Uh, like, and what I mean by that particularly is is uh, we, we know that there's a lot of innovation that's happened there, but there's also, you know, you could say that it's gone and around in a loop in terms of some changes that you come back to things that fans know and love in a way, even though you're changing things. So it does come to that point actually with Elden Ring specifically. So on a previous, you know, we've done an episode specifically on accessibility in Souls-like games, dark, dark Souls-like games. That's a great, great talk. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's like accessibility, but also easier mode in those games. Like, Mm. and the hardcore people like, no, fuck you. No, if you can't play it, (laughs) fuck you. Like that's, I've actually had people go to me say that. And I, yeah, they feel very passionately about it. But my counterpoint is to them is like, you spend thousands of pounds on these franchises is but you lose your motability skills as you get older surely you want the ability Mm. to play those games continuously with Elden Mm. Ring I can say that myself and James we are fucking awful at those games but the ability that they decided to go completely open world and add tons of save points the game is stupidly difficult still still has your previous dungeons like you go into but it allows you to sort of like that you know sort of like a better introduction to those titles I think It'll be interesting to see what they do next because with Elden Ring going the way they have, will they have possibly two development teams who do like, I know everyone's harking for Bloodborne too, uh, and or will they do a Dark Souls four or will they do an Elden Ring two? Where could it go next? And I'm wondering if they'll do sort of like a, um, a like a like a two a two structure development studio now and actually catering to both aspects. I think that's yeah. probably. I think I've heard of that too. Yeah, like them potentially looking at that. I think it's the best way to go. Like you know, Elden Ring sold 14, 14 million copies. Oh, wow. Like yeah, a yeah. fucking ton of titles. Like quite quickly, I felt sorry for Horizon coming out within a month of that title. Like <laughs> everything that year got slammed by it. No, Horizon yeah. had the worst because like when they first released their title, Breath of the Wild came out the same year, similar title, mm. and then they just like, got wiped off the off. But that's the thing. Horizon's brilliant like you know it's they've done a very good thing there um but yeah it's the souls like games are interesting because i've i played uh jedi fallen order and that title had a sort of like it's, it's sort of like baby souls like you know it's yes don't get me wrong i Definitely. had to drop i had to drop that game to story mode at the end because fuck me i couldn't complete that game and uh the sequel is going to be interesting because obviously you know it's still souls like to that degree and then i was told i'll oh, go play sekiro <laughs> he'll be fine it's, 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 it's not a bad compared to Dark Souls the worst 60 quid I've ever spent I played it for an hour and a half and never played it again fuck, yeah. the, fuck those people who told me to play Sekiro it was it was the, one of the hardest games I've ever played I think I went through exactly the same experience with that game I, I didn't t- I will say this I, I'm I think I'm very forgiving in a way towards Souls likes because, because it felt I, o- I always get feelings with their games like very challenging but fair if you spend the time and it, and it was just like 
but it was just if you, if you looked at if you thought of the the difficulty meter on a game with as a tuning knob it was just like just just too hard at the start like just too much right at the beginning awesome. <laughs> right off the bat you know so i'd like to go back actually to red dead so obviously as i mentioned red dead we'll have a, uh, red mm-hmm. dead 2 is it a sequel it isn't a sequel uh prequel it's a prequel yeah that's not especially obvious right until right at the end <laughs> well no it's it's obvious from the beginning um, if you literally from the beginning I didn't get it I, it's been a while since I played you were Red rescuing Dead. John Marston at the beginning of the game yeah I don't remember what happened in Red Dead 1 I'm not gonna lie I, <laughs> did, I, didn't, I didn't finish Red Dead 1 I'm not gonna lie I, I, I actually went I you know went into Red Dead 2 but like I think like when it came to Red Dead uh, Red Dead 2 it's interesting because I never completed 1 but I loved 2 mm. I don't know if there's any titles which sort of like you you played, which you didn't really like the first one of, but sort of like the sequels gripped you more and brought you into it. Yeah, I've definitely been there for something. I'm trying to think. Uh, um, Mario 64, if we're counting that as a sequel. I um, want to say Monster Hunter had that effect on me. I want to say that I've never... I, I would say I'd, I'd seen the games, but say PS2 era or something like that, right? It didn't, it didn't grab me, but I played... Um, for ultimate on 3ds and it, it blew the world open on for me on what the, those games were about and what they could be and all that kind of thing right um yeah i, I probably had that experience with monster other, other franchises too i'm just it'll come to me mm. yeah anything anything you guys you got anything, anything at all it's, um, a, it's an interesting it's an interesting question mm. to pose because like you know you do get games like I, I actually another title for me specifically a franchise is splinter cell mm-hmm. so obviously mm. with the splinter cell series i wasn't hugely into the first titles that came out but once it shifted its game mechanics to more like a free, almost free roaming aspect in like larger levels and shifting the camera dynamic, I really loved it. Like Blacklist, I've got like 60 hours in like, and obviously they keep teasing the next Splinter Cell game, just do a Ubisoft, just fucking do it already. Um, <laughs> like, you know, and obviously we're getting like a animation, animated TV show from that IP as well. Mm. It's, it's interesting, like looking back at games and everything, how you, I'm just trying, I'm trying, trying to phrase this basically like, you look about games, you're like, I don't really like that. And then playing the next ones, God of War is another example. You know, I okay on that on that note. Then how about a sequel that um, you guys could? Can anybody think of a sequel where they they really threw you for a curveball? It was like nobody anticipated the game was going to go in this direction, but it just. I mean, just, I think uh... I think God of War is a big example of that. Like you know, um, obviously the previous God of War games were narrative driven, but when it came to God of War, the you know the Norse version changing the complete te- mechanics of the game adding the sun aspect of the game you know t- sort of taking inspiration from the last of us a little bit in regards to having a companion and just having the, this massively epic story but also on a personal note really did throw me through a loop and i didn't expect to love that game so much so i'm 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 i'm, I'm if i recall correctly i'm somewhere in the beginning hours of that game a really great game but i i never really had much of a history with the previous god of wars but then but but I do I have a feeling I see what you're saying because like aren't they from a gameplay point of view they're very different games right yes yeah, so very literally uh, basically I actually only played like half an hour of one that's the that's the most I've ever played of those titles I YouTubed like a lot of the videos aspects and everything for the narratives for the first three but you do not need to have played uh, one two and three to play four which is yeah. which I think I yeah. think is brilliant for a games title series but throwing for a curveball though it's interesting how 
that that does play out. Sometimes. I I do have an example, but it's maybe it's maybe a little. You might think of it as on brand. We go back to Nintendo stuff. If you guys remember some classic games, um, one that I play, I still remember to this day. It was a really wacky title for GameCube. It was uh, Kirby's Air Ride. Never played that myself. Very interesting uh, game. No, very turn, very no. interesting title because Kirby Kirby games is classically kind of kind of would do that sort of Mario thing where it would jump around a lot. But you had this title that was just so. Like nobody could have ever predicted, maybe you know that it was gonna just do just do this kind of racing and this uh, party game thing. Uh, no Kirby title before it done. I think Nintendo in general has a bit of a history of that kind of a thing, right? Like, so take it going off that then. So let, let's let's put a question to her. Like, um, let's see how you go to this. So obviously, taking game franchises that we currently have, uh, maybe game franchises that have sort of like petered off a bit. We have discussed this in previous um, uh, episodes in regards to rebooting a franchise, but. Are there any game franchises? Obviously, you're new here, Jesse, for this, but yeah. you'd, you'd like to see come back and re like a new sequel for or a new fresh perspective on it, a new take on it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll have to think on that one. I think so, though. Yeah. What, Bioshock could be interesting. You do another um, Bioshock. We are kind of getting that with Judas. Yeah. So obviously, there's that Judas sci-fi game from the original creator um, of Bioshock coming yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Now, that- mine, mine is Fable, which obviously we already have Fable coming, but that that's seems to have taken a long time but uh, i love the original fable and the next one's kind of gradually got worse so i would like to see that you know come back and have a modern interpretation of the original kind of style of those games so yeah i hope you know anytime playground just you know <laughs> drop drop the game anytime now <laughs> maybe i got my wish with that with uh, regards to um uh metroid actually with metroid prime 4 somewhere somewhere in the in the in the netherworld if you like but uh um actually on on that franchise i have to do a little quick detour to that franchise because i'm a massive massive fan uh, have always been but on on the ds there was a title years back uh, called metro prime hunters it was it was a it was quite the sort of sidestep adventure which i a lot of it became kind of a fan favorite and when you have those fan favorite titles from say a decade ago or so it's just like you're just sitting on something there you know there's something there you've got an audience for that if you can if you can find out it's because they have to kind of reinvent the wheel on that one a little bit like most of them i think so it's just it's just, with nintendo i think it's priority projects right that's how it goes i mean them. i've just bought metro primary mastered so I'm, i've never played metroid before um, I, I can't wait to get on that i'm, I'm and, quite quite envious <laughs> yeah no honestly it's a it's a great opportunity to like actually like see a franchise for what it was is what is to be honest but um do you guys have any other thing like specifically you like to possibly bring up for the episode at all? Um, I just we haven't mentioned Hitman yet. Mm. Uh, Hitman one, two, three, which is technically a reboot of the previous Hitman trilogy games, completely, and then have now rolled it all into one game. Um, they've treated the sequels as just a continue of an episodic release of the same story. Um, and they've kind of done it in fairly quick succession, but now it's just one game. They've folded them all into one game now. Um, Interesting. So if you purchase mm. the game from now on Epic, you will get one, two, and three plus DLC. Um, mm. Yeah. Another one for me is, uh, well, again, they are doing it, but fingers crossed they do it right, is Silent Hill. Um, yeah. They the, the last several Silent Hills were not that great, but like I massively enjoyed two three and four i'm gonna force controversial but uh yeah the fact that they've announced a, a remaster the room right 
The Room. Yeah. Classic game. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Good well, could, so yeah. good. Oh, I, I could go into the room, but it freaked me. The, the, the haunting bits freaked me out so much. But yes, um, so they've, they've announced uh, both a sequel, like a proper sequel, uh, and a remaster of two. So that'll be interesting. Um, so I'm, I can say I've never played them. Yeah, uh, well... That'll be, that'll be a per- perfect opportunity. Yeah, I I, unfortunately, I, I know a lot of the story for two, because obviously it's been so long now. You yeah. Because I, I will say, look, with Final Fantasy, I do like the aspect, like, um, in regards to Aerith. I won't go into specifics there, but... No, I thought that was the end of the game of Seven. Turns mm. out I was completely wrong. I was at the <laughs> midpoint, and then yeah. them changing the narrative of the game, like, you know, changing the entire... Like, how's that yeah. going to play out? <laughs> like, going into, like... um, going into Silent Hill 2... I'm I'm really looking forward to actually giving that franchise its due because mm. again with Resident Evil I I did dip in and now those titles back in the day but when it came to the remaster the remakes I really did like it and uh, Connor on the podcast he uh, he loves Silent Hill as well yeah. anything to do with Silent Hill will be straight on it and obviously I never watched the films I've heard of it. I really shouldn't um, <laughs> the first yeah, one's alright the uh... second one is not Silent Hill but mm. I'm really looking forward to seeing when Silent Hill 2 comes out and actually giving it its due because I that is one franchise I've always looked at and I've just I've always been apprehensive with it. I just don't know what it is I think it's what I know what you mean there's certain certain franchises that just do that for some reason I feel the exact same way like it's not that I I look at it and I'm, I'm like I know it's not actively I don't think it's bad it's just there's just something about it it just doesn't draw you sometimes right like yeah. Mm. So is, yeah. for me, uh, I'm gonna bring it up now. Ferguson was uh, cheering at me in the background while while I was searching <laughs> this. The one franchise that everyone wants, and there's a massive de- Twitter account dedicated to it, Half Life Three. Yeah, that's the title mm. that everyone wants, and are we eventually gonna get it? That's the question because uh, no. it's just been announced. The question <laughs> is all this time, isn't it? Well, yeah. it's just been announced that someone's modded Alex, so you don't need a VR anymore. So you can play Half Life Alex without. VR. Yeah, that'll be good. Mm. Yeah, because I've been because I tried to play VR and I. I, yeah, I, 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 Alex made me feel a bit sick, unfortunately. I, I tried to play Resi 4 in VR, and there was the three oh. aspects of movement. I had. I was like, nope, yeah, trade yeah. it in for an Xbox Series X. I could pose one to you guys really quick. Okay. How would you guys feel about a, a sequel to the Portal um, series? Portal 3. I suspect that would also be Half-Life 3. They kind of <laughs> wrote Merging themselves it. into a corner at the end of Episode 2, 2.5, the end of the Orange Box set, mm. where they were kind of contemplating bringing the Portal Gun into the Half-Life universe, but I think it mechanically broke too much for them to just ever continue. Because just the Portal series works because it's in a self-contained space, but in an open, free environment, it just breaks the whole. Just it just breaks everything mechanically. <laughs> so I think they, yeah, yeah. So one game I'm going to bring up, because, uh, Fergus, not Fergus, uh, Connor will attack mm. me if you listen to the episodes, and we don't actually <laughs> get it. So. Uh, Bloodborne is the title that everyone wants from from the Dark Souls, uh, nice. from Souls like series. Like you know, like everyone's mm. been expecting it for years now. Um, mm. I think it will happen, but I think it might be at least a year yet before we actually get it. Uh, for me, uh. also, um, I see Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing Two. I would absolutely pre-order that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave the podcast. <laughs> So um, one uh, one game I'd actually like see to come back. Oh, not not like be a sequel before. You know how like you know certain IPs reinvent themselves. Far Cry. 
I think Far Cry could reinvent itself to a point mm. of being like very because they've gotten to the point now with mm. the tech in those games, it, it does feel like a paint by numbers. Like yep. they're just changing the location, adding John Carlos to see to in the latest. Is, you know, yeah. Six was okay. I enjoyed it. Also, I it, it was one of the it was one of the first times we actually had third person uh, cutscenes mm. from the game from the game as well, and um, you know the characters were actually acted quite well. Had a very shocking ending. I'll give that. You know, have you played six? No, not yet. Um, I will get around to it eventually. It was really expensive when it first came out on the Epic Store, mm. like hundred quid for all all in, which was just a bit much. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, the fact that you have to pay ninety quid for Assassin's Creed Ultimate Edition, yeah, which I, I don't think I've got um, either. But. I, I gave up on Valhalla, uh, but I think I think those, you know, Ubisoft, like their franchise, have become a bit like same mechanics different area i think yeah. they can they like, have an issue with this Assassin's yeah. creed mirage is coming out and they've stated it's going to be a much more contained 20 hour story and i think mm. they've, they've seen the fact that it, they've expanded it too much that they're trying to bring it back to what it was yeah, that's a good thing and yeah. i think like if they could get a really good story out of those titles it could work out really well like you know you yeah. you're, you're isolated in this location you have to go up against this like you know you have to be resistant excellent story uh, one title I'm probably going to wrap it up on myself, though, is a game called um, The Order 1886. It was a game that came out on the uh, PlayStation 4, like, when it was pretty much first coming out. And it was a stupidly, like, impressive... Yeah, I'm just going to bring it up on, the, on our screens now. Uh, for, for, the, for, the, um, for the PlayStation 4, it was, um, it was insane how it looked, because... I don't know. And it was like a steampunk style where you hunted monsters and everything. There was like a secret night at Knights of the Templar Order in London. Mm. And it just didn't go anywhere. And I'd love for them to come back and just be like, okay, here's, you know, the Order 1900 or like something like that. And each character was named after someone from the Knights of the Round Table, Galahad, Arthur and everything. And I don't know. This is like one of the first PlayStation 4 titles and it looked visually stunning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I take it what you're saying, like not that it didn't go anywhere in terms of the design, because I can see it's quite quite the game, right? But it's it's more you were mentioning kind of from the perspective it just didn't, nobody t- it didn't take off with any game. No, unfortunately not. Like it was very the narrative wasn't perfect. The the the, the controls were a bit clunky. So it was it was sort of been that like PS3 PS4 hybrid era where like you could feel where where they were trying to push it. Yeah. But it just you know it, it got a lot of sixes across the board. Basically, mm-hmm. it was it was good. It was short, but it was very niche. And it's still one of the only titles they've not really ever put on the like the PlayStation Plus collection or anything like that, or which is very interesting. Oh, wow. It's like, yeah, it's, it's it's but I think Real shame. I love the idea. Who is the of, developer, do you know? Uh the developer of this game, I don't actually know. Oh. Uh, I'll have to Google that quickly. But yeah, yeah I think no um I think titles like that would be very interesting. Ready at Dawn. Hmm. Uh they've also done uh Echo, um, Lone Echo. Uh, for composer for members from Naughty Dog, like you know, it's it's interesting yeah. to have like you know, and also Very they're now, but they're now part of the Oculus Studio, so like Ooh. I don't know how that's gonna play out. Oh, it's about a VR yeah. game. Uh, no, I just I just don't want that. But I think um, <laughs> that's just that that is one of the titles I'd love to come back on because I'm I'm a big fan. <laughs> it's a really shitty film. I'm a big fan of the League League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie yeah, back in right. the day. Yeah, I liked it back in the day. Yeah, Bit watch it again. Watch yeah. it again now. Oh, okay. Watch it again. Not held up. Like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> they they, did, they recently did a double toasted like uh, bad movie review for that movie, and it's the movie that made Sean Connery quit acting. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Mm. Uh, but I, I I'm just a big fan of that era that era of like gaming, and like, I think like I I really did enjoy uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. 
because mm. um, I, I love I love the steampunk 1800s era. But I think that, I think for me that's probably going to franchise I'm going to wrap myself up on. Like I'd like to see a sequel for. Have you guys mm. got any like sequels like wrap up on at all? Sequels I want to see. Um... I, I have a, a couple of closing thoughts. Um, the the thing Thank that's kind of coming to mind, and I think this is evident from the amount of time we've been talking is that you know game sequels just have so much capacity to go in so many different directions like i said you can you can kind of make a a very by number sequel and just iterate on small things you know progress the story like do some gameplay improvements fix some bugs stuff or you can you know take one thread that makes it still a sequel i.e the story or the setting or whatever and you can completely go almost a different genre um which is interesting or, or anywhere in between yeah. Um. And the game that kind of uh, rounds that off for me is something I mentioned a few weeks ago or a few episodes ago is Darkest Dungeon Two, um, because uh, they have done something fairly interesting, which is a bit of a gamble where they have very much um, changed a lot of the gameplay mechanics. They've done a lot of new stuff. It's very different to the previous game. What they have done is they've taken the visual um, tone and the aesthetic and um, carried that through, though it's a much more 3D experience than Darkest Dungeon 1 is. It's still noticeably Darkest Dungeon. Um, And it's been quite divisive, this game. Uh, Because of that, uh, it's not quite out yet. It's an early access, and they've had to do a lot of iteration on the mechanics to kind of refine you know what's good and what fans want um so that's kind of a, a very it's an example for me of um one approach you can do with game sequels where you know you can very much go quite differently but it's a risk does it pay off we'll see to go off to go off your point there of like you know games that iterate upon themselves so obviously i think we spoke about ubisoft's like paint by numbers pattern um when it comes to that i think Tears of the Kingdom is a great example of like you you you've taken the re- original mechanics of the game you've refined it to that point, just improve upon it and create create an entirely new game which is really a sequel to it but it's a, a completely new added layers. I think if Ubisoft looked at like what Nintendo do with a lot of their titles because obviously Nintendo yeah. I know has been one of the best biggest innovative studios out there to be honest um mm. i think if you know a lot of studios did take the aspect of like taking risks you know we mentioned before resi 6 to resi 7 uh you know breath of the breath of the wild like you know all these different titles god of war and everything um i think or you know no man's sky you know pushing the idea of like yeah we didn't we did we didn't hit off the ground at first but we're working on the next title but we're going to give you continuous improvements so that you can continuously improve it like obviously speaking of destiny too as well like how like what 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 constitutes another game in the franchise if it's just massive DLC for that title that's like mm. you know quite expensive to purchase because like you know almost an entirely new game. Yeah, effectively, it's just within an original framework that you've already built. Mm-hmm. So, I think there's room for both. Like definitely, like some people do want sequels that are very iterative and very much like bits at a time. It's just like continue the story, like make a relatively similar game but just kind of improve bits and pieces and then some people Mm. appreciate you know risks and different takes and exploration of uh, different genres and different game approaches that'll be me (laughs) exactly I mean do do you have any uh, wrapping up thoughts uh, Jesse I had something but I gotta be honest I've I've forgotten I'm on four hours of sleep today oh no that's perfect (laughs) I totally understand completely Uh, focus yourself Uh, Uh, City Skylines 2 
it's coming soon. <laughs> that's, literally, literally, that, that's the quote. I'm just gonna. I'm actually gonna stick that in one of the quotes for the episode. <laughs> City Skylines Two. It's coming soon. Like, really, quite soon. Yeah. I'm just yeah. gonna get a picture of you, a digital picture of you with your thumbs. I'm like, it's almost here. <laughs> yeah, close uh, order. Yeah. I'll be happy with the Elden Ring yeah. DLC when it comes one day. If it comes, maybe I think. I mean, it is. If... I mean, no, it it, it was. Announced. It's on the way. It is. Okay. It is on the um, way. Yeah, because I know the copy the... confirmed here on the show. <laughs> yes, it's official. <laughs> they released an image. I can confirm. I have not spoiled anything. And I don't even at us with that. Uh, <laughs> no, I know they released the Coliseum DLC, and it's very high level. Like you have to be very good at Elden Ring to play that. Uh, but I know they did show a picture for Elden Ring, which is, I believe, it was DLC confirmed for that. So do not hold us on this podcast, people. I swear to God, I saw a picture. Fingers crossed. That. Yeah. But no, actually, um, Nate is always right about everything because he's Wikipedia. Don't don't yeah. pull that. Like don't even pull <laughs> that on that one. Man. Like, but, um, yeah. So any any close? So I think we're pretty much done closing yeah. points now. So yeah. Uh, I think I think that's it, people. I think I'm going to wrap it up for today's episode. So, um, uh, if you've got any questions, queries, or compliments, uh, what are some game sequels that you've loved, or you know, you felt that they did a massive improvement and rebooting the franchise, possibly continuing the sequel as we spoke about today? Uh, send that into nmipodcastoutlook.com. That's nmipodcastoutlook.com. Find our socials on uh, Twitter and Instagram at nmicast, or if you just go to Google, just search nmi when you need more info, or at nmicast, and we'll be the first ones up there. Um, I want to thank you all guys for joining me today, especially for Jesse for joining yeah. on the first episode. Awesome first one. Thanks, obviously, ho- hope hopefully have you back for more in the future. Yeah, obviously, absolutely. no doubt. We'll probably be discussing the retro games episode in the future. I know Chaz is definitely I, looking forward to that. Yeah, one. I could talk about some random old games that yeah i know there is a there is a discussion of what constitutes a retro game now because it's it's a discussion raging across the internet even as we speak i mean for for me that's like mega drive ps1 maybe we're creeping into like ps2 territory now but so would you say 20 years is the minimum for you Uh, probably some people are saying 10 years that's no. the thing, though, because that, that, that would yeah. be the Last of Us part. That would be the Last of Us on like yeah, PS3. Yeah, it would be a lot of games. And then if it's oh my 50... gosh, this is this is crazy. <laughs> There's I games know. that I'm playing actively that are ten years old and are still being updated. So no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Interesting. Even, even if you say fifteen years, fifteen years is Dead Space, the first Dead Space game. Yeah. Like, you know, I think twenty years is a good point now because I think like. It goes by decade. I think Let's be generous. 18. 18 years. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of games. I think uh, Halo 2 came out about 18 years ago. Probably. To be honest. So, yeah, mm. like, that's an, that's an God, interesting one. Still, but even the 2000s. Teeters. Hell. Teeters, you know. Do you yeah. know what? Let's, let's make that the question for, like, the next episode. If email us. Anyone wants to email and like, what, what constitutes to you a retro game? How many years is it? before you count him as a retro game again uh well you've heard our uh content information previously uh obviously it'll be on all the channels for you to email us in at but yeah again i want to thank you jesse fergus and chaz for joining me today and uh yeah stay safe everyone we'll see you next time bye-bye bye bye